0: Kevin O'Brien here, the FF Engineer. I host the Fantasy Football Engineering Podcast, where I bring on a guest each week to discuss a wide range of topics, all to apply practical knowledge in order to design, research, build, and maintain your dynasty rosters for now and beyond. I borrow brilliance from each guest and share how I leverage many different areas of expertise to accomplish common goal of competing all year round. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean.
1: You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season.
2: Time once again for another episode of the DLS Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me again, this week, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. It is leading up to the Super Bowl. Got a couple weeks until kickoff. Eagles and Patriots, Ryan. Everybody's excited about that matchup, right?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really think that's the case, actually. You know, leading up to those games over the weekend, I ran a couple Twitter polls. You guys might have seen this. I, I simply ask, which teams are you cheering for? I put two different polls up, and they got uh, almost... Uh, exactly the same results about a 75 25 split people were cheering for the Vikings cheering for the Jaguars and we ended up with a Patriots and Eagles Super Bowl so i think probably some disappointed people but I, I know there's there's Patriots haters and i don't know if there's really Eagles haters maybe there's Eagles fans haters but you know we just have to kind of be in awe of, of Tom Brady right and the, this this really is unbelievable 16 uh, or what, I guess his eighth Super Bowl in his career. It, it really is just amazing. Yeah, it, it's
2: something special to watch. And I know the the time clock is running, uh, and whenever these quarterbacks come through and they're late in their careers, we talk about Peyton Manning and Brett Favre and all the greats that have come come before Brady. Every time I get a chance to watch him play, it, it's really a treat. And I, I knew when they converted that third and 18, I, I said to my wife sitting next to me, yeah, the Patriots are going to win this game. And uh, of course, of course that went on to to go down. Matt, no Vikings in the Super Bowl. You how do you feel about that?
1: yeah that was that was crazy uh I definitely didn't expect the the Nick Foles led Eagles to be able to step up and do that uh what they did to the Vikings and the Vikings defense man the number one number two defense almost all season long and and just couldn't stop Nick Foles and and even those running backs to some extent so uh very disappointing for Vikings fans I was actually even though we're all Packers fans here I was actually rooting for the Vikings to to make it to the Super Bowl and get that that home Super Bowl that we've never seen before and have a chance to to take down the Patriots I just kind of thought that they probably matched up better with the Patriots than the Eagles do. But uh, if you're a Jaguars fan, you've got to be really depressed here because you had really had an opportunity to to do something special, knocking off the Patriots. And and if you look at the Sharp football account, if you want to be even more depressed if you're a Jaguars fan, go look at that thread he put out today about all the tactical play calling mistakes they made in the second half and how it basically mirrored what happened last season as well. So uh,
2: that's a really interesting thread to check out. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Like you, I'm a Packers fan, and I'm certainly not a Vikings hater at all like like many Packers fans are and, and Viking fans that are Packers haters. Uh I was I was actually um convinced that the that the Vikings had what it took. You know, everything was going their way after the, the Saints game. But now looking back It seems to me like in the middle of that third quarter against the Saints, that defense started to show some scars and and show some, they really made a lot of mistakes and that, that just carried over to that Eagles game. That defense wasn't in the playoffs what it was in the regular season. That's a shame for Viking fans. For sure. So there's plenty of time to talk Eagles and Patriots, and we'll hear uh, plenty about the game to come. That's not what we're all about here on the DLF Dynasty podcast. If you've been following along for the last few weeks, we've been doing a rookie draft flashback. Uh, this is the fourth week of the Rookie Draft Flashback, and we've already covered the 2013 through 2015 classes. This week, we will move on to the 2016 Rookie Draft. We're a few drafts into this, fellas, and we're building rosters. We're trying to uh, put together a super flex roster. And in the last couple couple drafts that we've had, and the listeners that have listened in, uh, I'm sure you've, you've caught on to it. It's affected how we've built these teams. I I think if we would have just been doing the mock drafts, Matt, without having to build a roster, it'd be pretty easy to make your selections. But with Superflex, um, with deep rosters, we've had to make some decisions. How is your roster coming together, Matt?
1: I'm looking good, especially I know that I have the number one pick this week, so that definitely, me- I'm not going to spoiler alert, but you, you all know who I'm going to pick pick there. So so uh, to solidify my running backs, I love my receiver core. Uh, I have Ertz a tight end who I'm not crazy about, but you, know, you can't argue that he's a top five option there. And I've got two quarterbacks, so I feel pretty good about my squad, uh, especially I think I'll feel even better after today.
2: Yeah, those wide receivers that you mentioned, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Jarvis Landry to go along with. Adam Thielen, uh, David Johnson also on the roster, and then Garoppolo and Mariota at quarterback. Ryan, you have a pretty good start as well, especially with those receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., and Allen Robinson, also Amari Cooper as your fourth guy. You have Derek Carr and Jameis Winston, so you have a couple quarterbacks in our flex setup as well. And Devonte Freeman is your only running back to this point. You're also looking for that starting tight end. How do you feel about your roster so far?
0: I feel like it looks a lot like most of my dynasty teams would. <laughs> I thought the same thing as I looked at it. Although, do you have many with Nuke, OBJ, and Allen Robinson? I don't. To go along with um, Amari Cooper? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I have any that look exactly like that, actually. I, I kind of <laughs> wish I did, but uh, sure. most of my teams are built around the wide receiver position and uh, sometimes to the, the detriment of... That running back spot. So I've got Freeman, I've got Tevin Coleman, and then not much after that at the running back spot. Um, so yeah, this, this feels pretty similar actually to, to how I build teams. Ryan, you're holding the, the
2: third pick today. Uh, so you get the three, four turn and maybe you can do something about that running back spot. We'll see. Ryan, you're, you're also doing some, some articles. Uh, based on what we're doing here on the podcast. Uh, For those who haven't checked out the first couple, tell us a little bit about what you're writing about.
0: Yeah, really just kind of recapping what we're doing here, uh, a look back at those draft classes. So the, uh, the 2013 and 2014 versions of that article and of the podcast, of course, are there on DLF. You can check those out and we'll have the 2015 and 2016 version up, hopefully later this week.
2: Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, I should also mention that I'm building a team, obviously. on Bell and Todd Gurley are probably the highlights of my roster. I also have Melvin Gordon for one of my flex spots. I don't have a quarterback yet, but I have a few receivers like you fellas. Brandon Cooks, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs are my, my top three. Travis Kelsey is my tight end. So I'll be looking to add a quarterback. I have the second pick. But we should move on uh, to this rookie class. The 2016 class is what we're recapping today. First of all, as we have throughout the series, guys, uh, let's talk a little bit about the class in general. Looking back on that 2016 draft, um, it was an interesting one for sure. Of course, the the big name at the top of it was Ezekiel Elliott. Um, For most, he was a lock, stock, and barrel top pick. Um, Us thinking back on it, Is there anything, Matt, that you really learned from this class, or is there anything that when you think back on 2016 rookie glass that sticks out to you?
1: It was really just that huge separation at the top between Zeke and everybody else. You know, it, 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 with the last couple of classes, we had had had, you know, situations where we didn't necessarily have uh, a, a Surefire 101. It was either Gurley or Cooper, you know. Um, Gordon was in there for some people, too. And the year before that, when we had, you know, we talked about the class where we had Tavon and Geo and, and Nuke and all those guys. So we had had several classes in there where we didn't really have a delineation. But here for this one, it seemed like
2: Zeke was the 101 from the get-go. Yeah, it was indeed, Ryan. When you think back on the class, what what do you take from it?
0: It's funny that Matt said that because I was I was kind of going the other way. I I remember for me personally how close I had Laquan Treadwell and Zeke, uh, and and actually was was really stubborn about. I guess admitting that Zeke should be the 1.01. I've already talked here today about how uh, I like to build around the wide receiver position. And um, that's true both in startups and in rookie drafts as well. And Treadwell was a guy that, that I had followed throughout his career at Ole Miss and just really thought highly of him. So I did eventually move Zeke up to the, uh, to the 1.01 spot. But it was, like I said, I was a little stubborn about that. So Treadwell is really the guy that stands out to me in this class.
2: Yeah, I was I was on the same uh, bandwagon as you. I, I was stubborn as well, thinking, man, it seems like everybody's on this Zeke train, and, and Treadwell's the guy that I kind of like. Uh, and in fact, I, I was very close in one league where I had the 101 to trading down to 102 and getting a haul for it. I was stubborn in that negotiation, though. However, as you guys probably know, I'm, I've negotiated with both of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, I, I couldn't get that last little piece I was asking for. Ended up taking Zeke, and it was the right decision. I, I kind of backdoored into into one, my one share of him. So I, w- I, I was on that same bandwagon, as I said before. The thing that I really took away from it and the lesson that I learned is how Landing Spot can change my opinion of a player so much. One of the big names of the class. Uh, Maybe not so much back... This time of year, back in 2016, was was, but but later on, after he was drafted by the Saints, was Michael Thomas, and and when I saw him attached to Drew Brees, I started to see the light with him. Uh, he moved up my rankings really quickly after after the draft and became one of the players that I was I was targeting and wasn't necessarily that player coming out of Ohio State that I was in love with. I trust Sean Payton to draft talent uh, at those skill position. However, so I, I moved him up my board, ended up with him in a few places because of it and realized that, uh, the, the, uh, where a player lands and, 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 uh, where a, uh, what coaching staff and what Quarterback, a especially receiver is attached to really matters on on how we should uh, look at these players. And, and I was a stubborn guy once again, going uh, up until that point, saying it was all about talent, all about talent. Well, landing spot matters as well, and I think Michael Thomas has proven that to at least some extent. So, with all that, let's get to the uh, average draft position. Uh, The flashback to that, Ryan, as we've done in each of these, let's take a look at back in the summer of 2016, who those top six picks were according to our ADP at DLF.
0: Sure. So the the top player, of course, was Ezekiel Elliott. Again, by the time drafts actually rolled around, that that was close to a consensus. Treadwell, Laquan Treadwell was the second player off the board. And then you had a trio of wide receivers, Corey Coleman. Josh Dotson and Sterling Shepard and then in the middle of the first round the 6th player overall was Derrick Henry, Tennessee running back. As we get closer
2: to current time as as we move as we've moved, we're going to see that the players that were picked in the top 12, we're going to get more of those in, still in our top 12 as we go along. So when when I looked at the ADP for this one Ryan, I thought to myself, "Wow, the all these guys are, are still in consideration for the most part. Uh, we'll see what happens with Treadwell. I would imagine he falls falls outside of the top 12 in this exercise. But outside of that, all of these guys are guys we're, we're considering. Ryan, what are your thoughts on Treadwell now? I know you said you were a fan back then. Are you still holding out hope, or have you moved on from Laquan?
0: It's really hard to to... To keep that hope alive, I guess we've seen two years um, of of just almost nothing. He caught, I think he caught twenty passes this year in the regular season, and we know what he did as a rookie—almost nothing. I think he had maybe had one one or two catches. Um, so it's hard to to still maintain uh, really any hope for him. But I think what we saw this year with Nelson Aguilar, with Devin Funches should at least. Give uh, a little bit of value, I think, to Treadwell, or or at least make him a buy low stash type player, which sounds crazy to to say that for a a guy who was the second pick and uh, a top twenty five overall pick in dynasty startups a couple of years ago. Matt, I'd say we're in
2: range now that that he's probably that back end roster spot, uh, not not necessarily a lock in shallow leagues to be on Dynasty rosters at the end of 2018. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's just a difficult spot for him. He's got two great receivers ahead of them. They're both probably not going anywhere anytime soon. And, you know, the, the quarterback situation is now going to be a question mark going forward. So he's just a tough guy to to, to really count on. But I, I certainly like him as a as kind of like a, I don't know, if I could give him like a third round pick if he's at that point now in, in your leagues. I'm sure somebody's just tired of holding him. So at that point, I, I would definitely be a buyer. And I think the Nelson Aguilar comparison is a pretty good one.
2: Yeah, I actually, when Ryan said that, I thought to myself, oh, you know, he is a stash. He is the guy to to throw in a trade, and you never know what happens. I was buying at this point last year. I bought a couple shares. I am not looking to add any Treadwell shares at this point, but I guess if he's a throw-in uh, for free, I'll, I'll, I'll always take the shot because I was a fan as well. Ryan, how about the next six, the back half of that first round back in the summer of 2016?
0: Sure, Dan. You talked about the, uh, the the top six players kind of maintaining their value or at least still being uh, in the conversation. It's That's not the case with most of these guys. Uh, the seventh player off the board was Michael Thomas. Uh, certainly has gained a ton of value in his time in the league. But after that, we've got Kenneth Dixon, CJ Proseis, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, and Devontae Booker rounding out the first round.
2: Yeah, and the... the... What I see as a common ground among those six names are those running backs and, and the lack of production that we've seen from the, that trio of Dixon, Procise, and Booker. Uh, we saw a little bit towards the end of 2017 with Devontae Booker, but Procise and Dixon can't find their way onto the field. Matt, w- what are your thoughts on this trio of running backs? Is there any hope for these three?
1: I'm still holding out a little hope for Kenneth Dixon. Listen, he hasn't really shown a whole lot, but he was injured and then he got suspended. Uh, I think he's still got to serve that suspension before he gets back on the field, right? So he's going to come back and miss the next four games of the 2018 season. But I still think he's probably... I think he it depends on what they do with Alex Collins but I think there's still a chance that he has some kind of a pass catching role for them I think that's one of the reasons that well they brought them in when he came out he kind of reminded me of like a Fred Jackson player not somebody super flashy but able to find you know little creases in the defense and able to 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 produce that way in addition to being the good receiver so I'm still kind of holding out hope for him it is it is a deep kind of stash just like Treadwell there Uh, but he's the one guy out of those three I'd be looking at going forward.
2: It seems to me that Dixon is is on most rosters, Ryan. What are your thoughts?
0: Matt mentioned the suspension. I think he actually was allowed to serve the suspension even though he was on the injured reserve list. I, I believe that's the case. But uh, as far as Dixon in general, yeah, I've kind of given up on him, honestly. I just, I can't imagine the Ravens would would look to him or value him as, as a potential starter and, um, I don't know what they're doing with Alex Collins. He played well, of course, this year. And uh, when Harbaugh had the chance to uh, kind of show some faith in him and, and talk him up, he, he passed on that. So yeah. um, I, I don't know what they're doing. That's That's really just a team I want to avoid in general.
2: That seems, Baltimore seems like a prime landing spot for one of these running backs coming in the draft in the second or third round as well. And that could make most of this conversation mute uh, because it would be a, a decent spot for a running back, if, if they would commit to one guy, and, and like you said, Ryan, they don't seem eager to commit to anybody that's currently on the roster. Of this group of six, the name that sticks out to me is Tyler Boyd. Uh, he was a guy in the Devy process in the years leading up to that draft that was really high, a potential number one overall pick uh and and it just never really came together in his final year of college then when he went to Cincinnati uh he, he seems like a slot guy that doesn't really fit in the slot in that dysfunctional uh franchise that's in Cincinnati i don't know if it if it's ever going to turn around for him it's really a shame because when thinking about Juju Smith-Schuster this past year i was thinking back to Tyler Boyd and and they were they were kind of similar Trajections as far as their college career goes and and with the Devi and dynasty community where they they soared early in their college career, kind of tailed off towards the end, and then fell in the late first round so so when thinking about Smith Schuster, I was considering how high I was on Boyd and how I was buying him the year before um since then, both of their careers have gone in different directions so um, it's kind of interesting how, how they, they started off the same and, and they've gone in different directions and, and how I was wrong on both because of it, I guess. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the second round, Ryan. Uh, how about the first half of that second round?
0: Yeah, a lot, a lot of, uh, landmines here. We've got Leonte Carew to get things started in the second round, Paul Perkins, and then it kind of turns around Jordan Howard, the Bears running back Hunter Henry tight end. uh, Jared Goff. And then Kenyon Drake that uh, ends the first half of the second round.
2: Drake was a guy that I was very high on coming out. I thought he didn't get enough opportunities in college. And late this past season, he's gotten more. He got that big opportunity with Ajayi moving on to Philadelphia. He looks like he could be the uh, primary ball carrier in Miami going forward, but we'll see what happens there. Leonte Carew is an interesting one to me, Ryan. He picked up a lot of steam as the as drafts unfolded the, in the summer of 2016. Um, even in that preseason, he was catching a lot of passes. He was going in the first round in some late drafts. What's up with Carew? Why why couldn't he stick in Miami, or why, why couldn't he really grab onto his opportunity when he had it as a rookie?
0: Yeah, I wish I knew, honestly, because he was a player I was I was really high on coming out. I just remember landing in Miami. Some people thought that was a, a terrible landing spot. He's behind Landry. He's behind Parker. Other people tried to convince themselves that he was somehow already better than uh, Jarvis Landry specifically. And so so that's kind of funny to look back on now. But um, Carew, Boyd, Treadwell, these are all guys that that we should probably be taking a chance on to see what happens in
2: 2018. Yeah, and Carew is a incredibly cheap. In fact, he's a free agent in many leagues. So a guy, if you have an open spot on your roster, we're throwing on as your 25th guy and and, and see what happens as we, we go forward, especially with that Miami receiver core all in flux. We don't know who's going to be back there and uh, who will grab hold and, and and take on that number one role for sure, with Parker and and Landry both having question marks surrounding them, let's go to the second round or second half of that second round, Ryan. Who are who are the last six picks of that second round in 2016?
0: Yeah, this is pretty ugly, Dan. We've got Malcolm Mitchell, <laughs> DeAndre Washington, Carson Wentz, so the 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 lone savior of this group, uh, Braxton Miller, Paxton Lynch, and Keith Marshall, the Redskins running back who cannot stay healthy.
2: I love. Second round picks in rookie drafts, Matt. I, I, I love taking those shots on players, and, and we've talked about a few of them, Howard and Henry and, and Drake now, of course, too. Wentz is in here as well, Goff. But, man, there are a lot of landmines in this second round. Is there anything we can learn here uh, from the Malcolm, Malcolm Mitchells and DeAndre Washingtons and Braxton Millers and the list goes on and on uh, that we can take as we go forward, and especially looking towards t- this 2018 rookie draft? I don't know why you guys are hating on Malcolm Mitchell, man. He's been hurt all year.
1: Oh, <laughs> Let's, okay. Just well, give him a chance. I still think he's the future wide receiver two there, across from Cooks. You know, I, I kind of expected to see him in the playoffs a little bit. Uh, you know, now now that he's healthy, but Amadola of course is, is the MVP of the Patriots wide receiver crew. So I still have hopes for him Um, in terms of what we can learn from this group. I don't know. I think, I think, I think when we were drafting this class, we thought of in this range, you know, you just take your favorite flavor. Um, So I I think you probably still continue to do that. And if they, if they don't hit, then they don't hit, but, but you got to take your, your, the guys that you like, I think in this range.
2: Ryan, how about you? Is there anything you learned from this 2016 second round?
0: I just think we have to be realistic about hit rate of second and third rounders, uh, and and I agree with you. I love stacking those picks, getting as many of those uh, picks from fifteen on, and and seeing what happens throughout the preseason and through rookie camps and things like that. But if you look at the second round, I know I just kind of put a lot of these guys down, but we got a running back one in Howard. We got a top five tight end in, in Hunter Henry. Jared Goff, of course, and and Carson Wentz both broke out here in their second season, and then Kenyon Drake looks like, as you mentioned already, looks like he might be for real. So, what? That's four, five, six, six guys out of that group that uh, really providing some fantasy value, and that's that's a pretty good return, in my opinion.
2: The the thing for me probably is the quarterback position, and and I was once again, I think the. The uh, common, ground, common thing we're, we're seeing here is my stubbornness. I, I, I've been stubborn in the past about these quarterbacks and how spending s- valuable second-round picks when you can get the likes of Jordan Howard on a quarterback in a single quarterback league is, is such a mistake. Well, w- with the list that we talk about here, these quarterbacks, Goff and Wentz, we already mentioned, it, it just seems like you can get really nice value there. Uh, if you're willing to invest them. And and as we move along in this process in the 2017 class, we'll see a lot of the same thing. So uh, something that opened my eyes, especially with Wentz, because I was a big uh, Wentz truther coming out of North Dakota State, I I really thought uh, that it really changed my mind on on the position and that that it's worth taking a shot right there with the quarterbacks. Let's move on to round three, Ryan. Are there any uh, noteworthy names among round three and beyond?
0: Yeah, there's a few that stand out. Round three included Austin Hooper and uh, Alex Collins. And then if you want to go even deeper into the fourth and even the fifth round range, you've got Dak Prescott. Uh, Rob Kelly had had a, a few impressive games for the Redskins. Who knows what his future holds. Peyton Barber, and then way down the list, the eighty-fifth player overall in our ADP here, uh, that which means, of course, in most rookie drafts, he was not drafted at all. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill.
2: Wow, that tell me, Ryan, how many leagues you picked Tyreek Hill in? Um,
0: you know, I, I did draft him in a couple of leagues. Uh, okay, but my mistake was I didn't, I didn't hold on to him. I gave up too soon. Oh, yeah. I
2: you know I haven't heard that story actually. Uh, I wasn't aware that that happened to you. I know you were a buyer before last season um, and thought before that that you had uh, sent out some tweets maybe that that said how you were moving on from them or you weren't a believer uh, during that rookie season. What was the thing that you were on board originally and then fell off and then got back on? What what was the thing with Hill that had you going up and down that roller coaster? With well, him? I
0: think what what kind of put me on to him in the first place was just his history. And of course not, I don't, I'm, we're not going to get into his off the field history. Everybody knows about that. But prior to those issues, he was, he was a top recruit. He was playing at a, at a power five school before he had all this trouble. And those are the kind of guys as they come into college that often get overlooked. Isaiah Crowell was the exact same thing. Um, He was uh, he was a a star in the making at Georgia before some off field issues. So um, a lot of times players like that end up at at a smaller school and off the radar. And if you can look back at even at their recruiting information, which is sometimes two or three or four years old, uh, it can it can help you kind of grab a late round steal.
2: How about you, Matt? Anything out of that third round and beyond in that rookie draft that really sticks out to you?
1: No, it was just the emergence of Hill there. You know, he had that story going from him all off season, and, and you know, he, he had those explosive plays and he looked like a good return man. And then once we once we had uh, Jeremy leave, he just became a star. So uh, he's I think he's definitely the story there at the third round and beyond in this class
2: all right with that let's move on to our mock draft which has really been a lot of fun as we've done the first three we'll move on to the fourth one right now a reminder that it is a ppr setup and we are building super flex rosters so some of that adp that you just heard heard doesn't really reflect that necessarily but uh, i think definitely that that super flex aspect will be reflected here in what we do. As Matt said earlier, he holds the number one pick. Now he's had some internet connection issues over the last couple of weeks. So if he happens to bug out here uh, momentarily, we'll make the pick for him. I, I think it'll be a pretty easy one. Who are you going to go with, Matt?
1: Yeah, it's definitely Zeke Elliott here. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot of more you need to say, but uh, I do think it's impressive that he's finished as the running back three in points per game in, in, in both of his first two years. So I think he's as, you know, basically as, as much of a lock you can get at the running back position at this point. He's got the combination of youth. He's going to be 23 uh, next season. So he's still young, uh, still playing for the Cowboys, still got Dak as his quarterback. So I don't really think there's, there's too much to be concerned with about Z on the field. Off the field, you know, is another story. But hopefully he kind of had a, a wake up call after that six game suspension.
2: Yeah, that's. I think it's an obvious one for the most part. Most dynasty owners are going to say it's Zeke in a landslide. Uh, if this was a real exercise, if we were really doing this, it'd be really interesting to me, Ryan, because of the quarterback class. If they would be willing to do trades at this point, what what the people those those Zeke truthers or, or big Zeke fans. Would be willing to pay to move up to that spot. It's it's kind of an interesting aspect that we're not able to to look at. What are your thoughts of these quarterbacks that are in this class versus Zeke?
0: What it would cost to to make that swap? You know, I don't I don't think I would really be interested in making that swap um, in this format. Building, um, I like to build around the quarterback position. You've got a player who. Uh, Many people now consider the quarterback one overall in dynasty, and I think you can make a strong case that uh, he and Zeke are on the same footing. So I, I probably wouldn't be willing to move up. Okay, I, I
2: kind of thought I was on an island there when I when I said that, but obviously you're on board as well. I, I'm in desperate need of a quarterback in my uh, with with my roster right now. So and I'm holding the second pick. I'm going to take Carson Wentz. And I, I, although I'm not willing to move him all the way up to one among all quarterbacks, I really feel like he's made a strong case. He's, he, I think he was probably the MVP until he went hurt, or till he got hurt. Uh, when he went down, I thought that was going to bury the Eagles. It hasn't, as we've seen, but. It, Everything combined, you know, the stories that you read about him, how, how he's still uh at the complex every morning at five thirty at six o'clock and, and watching film and how he lives and breathes football, everything that I read about Carson Wentz makes me think that he deserves to be in that conversation as the top overall quarterback. Um and especially in Superflex, I think you know, there are probably many dynasty owners that would say the the choice here is that wide receiver that we talked about earlier. I think Wentz, any owner that, that has this pick right here would be happy to take Carson Wentz. So, so I'll grab him and leave Michael Thomas for you, Ryan, uh, officially, who are you going to take with the, with the third pick in this exercise?
0: Yeah, I will be taking Thomas. I think it's, it's a pretty clear top tier of three players. Um, and I say that even though I feel like Thomas is is easily the number three player there. So Zeke and Wentz are basically a toss up for me and, and Thomas comes in at the third option. So I'll continue to build around the wide receiver position. I like some of these other players behind Thomas, of course, but none enough to to jump ahead of him. So I'll go with Thomas at the third pick. And I think I also have the fourth pick. You do, but before we before we get
2: that from you, I wanna sure. I wanna bring Matt in for just a second. You you took Zeke at the one, and you seem pretty confident in that pick. I I think Wentz is deserving of the conversation. What are your thoughts about who should be two there? Would you take Thomas? Or Wentz in a Superflex?
1: Honestly, I, I kind of wanted to take Wentz one, but I didn't want to be too much of a jerk to you <laughs> since you don't have any okay, quarterbacks. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, I appreciate you that. You know, just, just, to, just to stay friends with you, I thought I, I, thought I would, would, would give you that. But no, I think, it's, I think for sure it's a toss-up there at the top. I could have seen uh, Wentz there. I do think running back was a bigger need for me because all I really had was David Johnson, whereas I have two quarterbacks already. And Wentz certainly would have slotted in as one of my two starters, letting Jimmy G uh, kind of be my backup guy. Um, but yeah, Wentz is, is certainly a toss-up there. So I, I agree that, that that Michael Thomas is the third out of that group. However, I will say I think Thomas is probably the best wide receiver left on the board if we're counting our 2017 draft as well. So uh, I can't can't argue with that pick at all.
2: Yeah, me neither. I, I think there's probably some super flex owners out there that would consider a quarterback if there was a need, especially over Thomas, uh, even considering Wentz had just gone but to me, it was an obvious third guy. I, I'm really interested to see who's going to go fourth, though, Ryan. You already have two quarterbacks on your roster. You're deep, at re- extremely deep, at receiver. But Freeman's that only running back. Are you going to go with a third quarterback or add a running back with this pick?
0: It is definitely an a interesting dynamic that we've got here considering uh, team building rather than maybe just drafting the best player available. So I think this is a case where... Maybe that should play more of a role than it does. I do just have Freeman. There's some running backs in this class that are in in consideration here, but I'm going back to the quarterback position. I've got Winston. I've got Derek Carr. There's certainly questions about both of those guys uh, after this past season. So I'm going to go with a guy who's gained some value this year in his breakout year, Jared Goff. Coming off his second year, he's got Sean McVay. He's got tons of weapons on that offense. Uh, I will make him the 1.04 pick.
2: Okay, so you you have that fourth pick, and you go with Goff. I was really hoping if you were going to go quarterback that you'd take Prescott because I, I have Goff ahead of Prescott in my rankings by, by a large enough margin that If this were a real exercise, I'd be willing to do some kind of swap to to get him because I'm I'm looking for that second quarterback. Uh, I'm back on the clock then at five before Matt gets a couple. I feel like I really have to take the other quarterback. Matt could easily take two uh, or take take Prescott off the board, and then I'd be looking in twenty in the 2017 class for a quarterback and be forced to get one. We don't know what picks. We'll have just yet. So I'll take Prescott as my quarterback too. I would really rather have Goff. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the on the comparison of the two quarterbacks and why do, why do you choose the the Ram over the Cowboy?
0: Yeah, I just think we saw some some holes in Dak's game this year. Um, that offensive line was hurting. Uh, of course, we know Zeke was out for a time and. Uh, Wide receivers just really has gotten ugly there. I, I guess it's been ugly for a while with Dez and not much else, but um, it, it looked bad this year. And now we've got rumors that Bryant could be cut or or somehow uh, be gone from that team. Uh, I'm I'm a little worried about Dak moving forward. Not necessarily as um, a, a guy would be desperate to sell, but I think he's. He's falling in more th- at that uh, end of the QB one range rather than, yeah, rather than contending for for a middle of that QB one spot.
2: Yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't worry a whole lot about Prescott as a football player, but his dynasty upside has certainly taken taken a hit for sure. Uh, he he seems like uh, it. He might fall into that range of being a better NFL quarterback than fantasy quarterback, if that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, we'll see what happens, and, and those, those little dings that you talked about certainly did show up uh, in his second season. We'll see what happens going forward. So with, with those first five picks off the board, Matt, that puts you back uh, in, in the driver's seat here at 6. First of all, before you make your pick at 6 and 7, what are your thoughts about having the number one pick in this exercise and having to wait all the way till the six, seven turn to get those next next couple guys?
1: I think it's perfect for me actually because I had seven seven kind of in the top tier. I think there was a clear uh, separation between the top three and the next four. But being able to get two from the from the next tier is fine with me. I was I was hoping one of those quarterbacks would come back to me, but it's okay because I end up here with. With, uh, with another running back here in Derrick Henry, who's going to be a starter next year, I also have Marcus Mariota. So I'll, I'll, I'll get some part of all of the touchdowns, basically, it from Tennessee next year and hoping that their offense continues to improve. Um, so I'm okay with that. And then with the seventh pick, Tyreek Hill seems like a, a slam dunk here as my wide receiver five. Uh, you know, we talked about him a little bit already, but uh, I, I just can't see him not uh, continuing to, to play well, whether it's Alex Smith or, or Patrick Mahomes under center
2: next year. Yeah, those were were pretty easy picks, I would say. I got to ask, though, had the number six pick gone different or excuse me the number five pick gone a little bit differently position player falls there Prescott's the obvious choice then
0: right
1: yeah I I definitely would have taken one of the quarterbacks if they had come come back to me for sure I I actually have Prescott a couple of spots ahead of three spots I think ahead of Goff but I think at that point they're kind of both in the same tier Um, so half six of one half dozen of another for me there
2: I think I do Prescott a little bit more though so with that, that puts me back on the clock. And before I make my pick, I want to bring Ryan back in. Uh, you talked a little bit about the tiers as well. You feel like it was a tier of seven, but or we we thought it was a tier of seven. You thought maybe a tier of eight?
0: Yeah, I felt like, and this is maybe my, my favorite part of this exercise to really see how we're valuing these players in comparison to one another. Um, yeah, I feel like the top tier... Well, we can call the top tier Zeke, Wentz, and Thomas, but after that, I think it goes down to the eighth overall player. Each of you guys get three of those. I'm, I'm going to get two of those, uh, depending, Dan, on who you take here, I guess. But yeah, I, I feel like it was the top tier of eight. I think uh, Matt mentioned a top tier of seven, and and Dan, I'm, I'm not sure how you're valuing things, but uh, that. That conversation just helps me as an owner kind of see how others are valuing players.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I see net as a top tier of seven as well. And it's only because of the super flex, obviously. And and the guy that I thought was the seventh guy is Jordan Howard. I I value him uh, quite a bit higher than Tyreek Hill. I know both of you have talked a little bit about Hill. I I still have uh, some concerns about his transition into more than just the deep threat, Um, especially now with the quarterback change on on the horizon in Kansas City. I'm not quite sure how that's going to affect his value. Um, And, and, I really feel like that offense is one uh, one more wide receiver added to it away from Hill, just being that deep threat. So I, I have some concerns. It really feels to me that Jordan Howard is that legit. Power back that uh, an offensive coordinator can build their offense around. Where there's still some question marks surrounding him. Of course, there's there's the other young uh, uh, running back in Chicago, and and the coaching change. So we'll see how that all plays out. I had Jordan Howard as a very solid number seven on my board, and I'm ecstatic to get him at number eight. So that puts Ryan back on the clock at the nine ten turn. You'll have two selections here i don't suppose one of those top eight fell to you did they
0: they did not no i had i had howard (laughs) i had howard in that top eight and uh the top tier as i saw them have have come off the board almost in order um but that does leave me with with some choices here I, i mentioned earlier that i basically didn't let uh my team needs factor into my choices. I had two quarterbacks. I took Goff anyway. I had a ton of solid wide receivers and took Thomas anyway. But just as I would later in a draft, whether it was a startup draft or a rookie draft, that's where I start looking at team needs a little bit more. I have no tight end at all. You guys have, uh, I think, Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey. So I'm going to go ahead and grab Hunter Henry here with the ninth pick. Some, Some nice tight ends in that uh, 2017 class that we'll cover next week, but it's it's certainly getting thin, so I'll grab uh, grab Henry here, and uh, he's he's the top five dynasty value. Hopefully, he can start playing like that.
2: Yeah, I, I really like that pick. It really seemed like our draft order fell into need quite a bit here. Uh, it's, it's really fortunate that I was holding the second pick and, and was able to get Carson Wentz because I needed the quarterback... Uh, so much. And and then I was going to get one of those other two quarterbacks when it came back around to me at five Matt you needed the running back you got him uh at the top of the draft uh to to pair along with David Johnson you get Ezekiel Elliott and then now when it comes back around I know you talked about the top eight Ryan but you need the tight end and it really feels to me that he's the obvious ninth guy uh was he to you or is it just based on need
0: no he was he was ninth on my list as well um as we're preparing for these I try to let make a list regardless of any kind of need, just basically how I value the player. And then I start looking at the team I've built over this exercise. So uh, Henry was my ninth guy. Um, This next pick, I'm actually going away from my uh, talent rankings though. I'm going to skip a player, jump down to my 11th overall player because I do have that need at running back. I've got Freeman. I've got Tevin Coleman. And then some question marks. I'm going to go ahead and take Kenyon Drake here at the 10th spot.
2: Yeah, I kind of thought maybe you would do that. Uh, I'll be interested to find out when this thing's over who you had above Drake. But before we do that, it's back to me on the clock. Uh, I I was really hoping Drake would fall to me. Um, Since he didn't, I guess I'll have to go back to the receiver position. And I'm going to take the guy that I was higher on way back when these drafts were really happening in 2016. Uh, many guys would probably take take the smaller, speedy guys. I like to build my receiver position on those high-flying guys, the guys that can score touchdowns. Um, so I want to make sure he gets picked in this exercise because I'm still <laughs> high on Josh Doxson, and this is my last selection so I'm going to take Doxon here. A lot of guys would take Shepard or Coleman, uh, maybe even Will Fuller, and I'm not that high on Will Fuller. I'm going to take Doxon just because he is that red zone threat. Uh, we saw the Redskins offense try to force feed him the football. I'm going to gather both of your opinions on Doxon because each of you were shaking your head as I made the selection. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm I'm still high enough on Doxon to think he's one of the top 12 players in uh in this draft class, Matt, what are your thoughts on Daxon?
1: I'm fine with Daxon there, but I, I do think there are, there are two, at least two receivers that I would rather have uh, ahead of him that are still on the board. But I mean, presumably he's going to be the true wide receiver one there if that if that happens. Terrell Pryor was a zero. I still kind of think Jameson Crowder is the most valuable receiver there to have, just because of the, I think the, the 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 target share he's going to continue to get, especially if uh, if Reed continues to not be be playing. Um, so that would be my preferred receiver from Washington. But I can't I can't hate on the pick. I don't think he's that far off of, of somebody that I'm going to pick here. And I and I have I have two two receivers choices here as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Corey Coleman, who I who is my favorite receiver in this class. He's fallen off a bit, uh, but you know I still have hope for him. He's flashed here and there. Uh, uh, regardless of what happens to Josh Gordon this offseason, whether he stays or whether he goes, uh, I think Coleman's going to be, be a part of that offense going forward. This rookie class of, of receivers isn't isn't that exciting, and I'm not sure that the Browns are going to go out and sign a big name wide receiver. So I think his his, his market share, as long as he's healthy, is going to be there. But the other guy uh, that that I kind of waffled back and forth with was Sterling Shepard. Shepard there, I think is also going to be in a good spot. Uh, always playing across from Odell, of course, uh, and quarterback, depending on what happens with Eli, is going to be an issue there as well. But I think I like Coleman just a little bit more than, than both Shepard and Doxson.
2: Ryan, the the trio of wide receivers we're talking about here, Shepard, Coleman, and Doxon, if, if you had that selection and all three were on the board, who are you taking and why?
0: Um, I w- I would actually go off the board. Uh, I mentioned skipping over a player. It was Will Fuller. I had him as my tenth ranked player uh, in this class as of now, and it, it really goes back to what you mentioned earlier about Michael Thomas. He's he's tied to a good young quarterback. Um, we saw what Fuller did when both he and and Deshaun Watson were healthy this year. I don't I don't expect Fuller to. Average over a touchdown a game as he did with, <laughs> with Watson for that uh, that month long stretch or so. But uh, but I am excited about him as as kind of that hit or miss weekly option and hopefully find those hits more often than the misses. Uh, but as far as Shepard, uh, Coleman and Dotson, I I guess I would go with Shepard's, um, but it, it's really more of like a low floor, um, or I guess a, a low ceiling option over the low floor of Coleman and Dotson
2: yeah it's really interesting to me i i took a took a look at current adp of these play, players and it's really a bunch of wide receivers in this group will fuller comes in at 55 in january's adp Corey Coleman at 61, Sterling Shepard at 62, and then Doxon at 73. A guy that we didn't even mention of this group, Robbie Anderson, would have also been available here. He comes in at 78. So it seems like if this exercise were to continue, there'd still be some options, especially among the wide receivers. Matt, you already said if you were going to take the next guy off the board, it'd be Sterling Shepard. Uh, because you went with Coleman. How about after that? Who would you go with? Uh, I'm guessing it'd be Fuller, maybe somebody else? Yeah,
1: Fuller would be next, and Co- Collins and Anderson would be right behind those two. Uh, and then after that, probably Malcolm Mitchell would be my, my choice there. And we could keep going. This is actually a pretty deep class. There's still several other guys. I think we could probably even do another two rounds and still feel
2: pretty okay with the players we were selecting from how about you Ryan who's who's the next guy for you uh I guess after those wide receivers that you've already talked about it's it's probably Collins maybe Austin Hooper is he in consideration at some
0: point it was Collins for me um he was in that same group I actually wrote down four names at 12 which all felt kind of similar in value Shepard Coleman Dotson and Collins um so he would he would be the other one I would really consider but Um, again, just question marks there in in Baltimore. And I think he's value-wise, dynasty value-wise, I think he's kind of in a similar spot to Drake in that they both kind of had these late season breakouts after a quiet first couple of years in the league. But Drake is now, I think, a fifth or sixth rounder in our dynasty ADP and Collins is still well down the list. So they feel like two players that should be valued similarly, but they're really not. Yeah,
2: that's an interesting point. I I have that same tier as you guys that you're talking about. I added Austin Hooper to it as well as the bottom guy of that tier. I still think he has a little bit of upside tied to that offense in Atlanta with that quarterback uh, of Matt Ryan. Uh, let's talk a little, review the draft just a little bit. Zeke, Carson Wentz, and Michael Thomas at the top. After that, Goff, Prescott, and Derek Henry went through, four through six. The bottom six were Tyreek Hill, Jordan Howard, Hunter Henry, Kenyon Drake, Josh Doxson, and Corey Coleman. Let's talk a little bit about the best pick as uh, you see it, Matt. Who who made the best pick, and then who made the one that, that made you scratch your head? Uh, I'm going to say best I don't know. It's
1: it's really tough. All these guys at the top are really good picks, but I'm going to say Michael Thomas just because it was the end of that first tier, uh, and I think he was. There was definitely a pretty big gap between him and the next guy there. For worst pick. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Dan, but I'm about to say Dox in there, I think. It's probably, probably that. And if I had to pick one of Ryan's, it would have been Hunter Henry. Like, I know the value is there. That's where he's being valued. But I just don't really see him as a, as a top five producing uh, tight end for fantasy. I think he's going to be kind of a bottom in, about, like kind of back half, maybe somewhere in the 6 to 12 range, maybe even 10 to 12 range for most of his career. I just don't, don't think he's that kind of talent. Um, so, yeah, that was my best and worst.
2: Ryan, how about you? Which, which were the best and which one is the is the one you don't agree with quite?
0: Sure. My favorite pick was Matt's Tyreek Hill pick. Uh, I mentioned my uh, kind of talent rankings regardless of uh, position. I actually had Tyreek over both uh, Goff and Dak Prescott, so uh, really high on him overall and love that value at 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 the seventh pick for Matt. Uh, and then yeah, I'm going back to back to Dotson. Just not a player I believed in when he was uh, coming out in in 2016, and uh, he's not really done anything to change my mind in his time in the league. He he now is potentially going to have some quarterback uh, questions as far as who's going to be throwing him the ball. And uh, yeah, just just not a player I would really want to take a shot on it all.
2: Yeah, officially I, I did know that you guys would probably pick on me for the Dachshund pick. I, I And I actually have one other, one of those wide receivers ranked higher. I do my ranking similarly to you, Ryan. I just feel like I, I always want the guy that can win me the week. That's the, that's the last straw when, when players are close. And it seems to me that Dachshund still has that upside that could deliver the, those three touchdown games. So, that's why he's still higher on my board than than most. My favorite pick of the exercise was actually Carson Wentz, uh but I but I won't go with my own pick. Uh, I, I was I was thrilled to get Wentz. I thought maybe Matt would would pull one on me and end up taking Wentz and I'd end up with Elliot. Uh but uh my my actual favorite is going to be one that Matt mentioned as his least favorite and it's Hunter Henry. I I think we, we all kind of agreed that it was that tier of seven or eight, probably eight deep, um, as Hill fits in the group, um, getting Hunter Henry at nine feels like a bargain to me. And if this were a real roster, it feels like a playoff team adding Hunter Henry to the group would, would really, uh, really add a lot to, to, to a playoff team. As far as the, the, Pick that makes me question or raise an eyebrow to, it's going to be Corey Coleman for me at 12. Uh, even though I picked Doxson at 11, I think um, Sterling Shepard would have been my selection if I had it at 12. Uh, Coleman, I just I shake my head at that guy regularly. I, I don't know if that offense will ever be anything more than what it is at this point, even with that, those, those top two picks in this coming draft and, and you know, with Gordon coming back uh, Coleman, like many of these other guys we've talked to me, talked about here, seems like that speed threat that isn't going to be a consistent option. Yes, he can, he can get deep on guys, but, but I don't know if he's, uh, if he's ever going to be more than a wide receiver, low end wide receiver three for dynasty owners out there. So with that, that is our episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. You should be following the podcast if you are one of those Twitter junkies. We are at DLF Podcast. Make sure to rate and review our podcast and send any feedback both positive or negative. Uh, we we like to try to get better at this thing. Uh, also follow Ryan. If you're not, you're not doing it right. It's at RyanMC23. You can follow Matt at MPricer. And you can follow me if you want. I'm at DMiler22. Until next time, when we cover the 2017 Rookie Draft Redo, uh, I'm Dan. That's Matt. Over there is Ryan. We'll catch you in a week.
0: You guys
1: didn't want to mention the playoff league, huh? And how I crushed you both this weekend.
2: What do you think of my Josh Doxson pick? Was it a good one? Yeah. Those those guys were wrong, right?